This podcast is brought to you by Yosemark Mountain Equipment, offering expert advice on gear for powder and the backcountry. Located at the corner of Ski Hill Road and 3rd Street in Driggs. And by Three Rivers Ranch Outfitters, offering winter trip planning services and selling gear from Patagonia, Orvis, Hatch, Rio, Sims, and more. Located at 76 North Main Street in Driggs. Welcome to Get Out the Podcast from the Teton Valley News. I'm Scott Stunts. Today, I talked to Chris Lundberg, who, besides being a prosecutor for Teton County, is an ultramarathon runner. Now, I know many people run long distances here in Teton Valley, but I think most runners don't almost have both feet amputated just a few years ago. So let's jump right into it. So, like I was saying before, there's a lot of people that run around here and a lot of people that run well. Um, One of the things that was interesting to me, just besides the fact that you do very well when you run, is that you had some medical problems a few years ago, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I had a had a bit of an incident uh, uh, just over five years ago, back in February of, I guess it would have been 2009, and um, what happened is I went out with a friend, and we took a pretty uh, great ski trip, just on some cross-country skis. We started up near Felt and uh, did a, a crossing of the Tetons over uh over across Jackson Lake, and I ended up with some pretty serious frostbite on my feet and my hands from that. Now, the way I heard it is that you immediately didn't go to the hospital after that trip? No, I really just wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> I was pretty worn out. Uh, uh, we skied for about 23 hours straight, and uh, I probably only had enough uh, energy on board to, to ski for about 20. So uh, that's sort of where the frostbite really set in there, was crossing Jackson Lake. and. By the time we got back to the car, uh, my friend's um, girlfriend, now wife, uh, picked us up up near uh, Lizard Creek, and uh, we drove back to Jackson. And um, at that point, I I didn't really find out or realize what I'd done until uh, we were coming by the Elk Refuge, and I pulled one of my gloves off and realized how my hand, uh, my right hand at that point, was just purple and white and pretty much frozen solid. And I knew my other hand was worse, and my feet were definitely uh, colder than that. So, anyway, um, yeah, I just got dropped off at home, and and um, I was already in deep trouble for being out all night during tax season. Uh, my partner's a uh, an accountant, so um, I, I was kind of pushing the limits there, and I really just wanted to sleep. Uh, so, and I also once I realized that I, I definitely had some serious frostbite. Uh, I, I was had a general idea that the only thing you could do for that is warm it up real slowly, and I figured what better place than that than than bed. So that's that was my plan. I um, after you know over an hour driving the car, I still had to uh, break the ice out of my boots, and and my socks were still frozen into the boots at that point. And when I stepped on the on the wood floor there, it, was, it sounded like wood on wood. So I was, I, I knew I was I had some problems. Um, but, you know, I didn't think there was anything really I could do about it other than warm it up slowly and, and hope for the best. But uh, my partner's a lot smarter than I am uh, <laughs> on, on, on so many different levels. But uh, she, uh, you know, started taking care of me and made some breakfast, went to, went to pick up some things at the office to, to work uh, from home that day. And uh, once she finally looked at my feet, I, I hadn't shown her what had happened. Uh, I was just kind of wailing and whining. You seem like you seem like a whiner. I, I'm a, I'm a huge whiner. Just ask her. Uh, no, um, 
it was pretty painful. So I, I, mo I kept mostly the expletives to myself uh, uh, until she ran out to the office real quick. But anyway, she came back and, and looked at my feet, pulled the covers back there, and uh, she actually had her, her sister on the phone at the time, who was a nurse down in Denver, and who was asking kind of what things looked like. Uh, she didn't bother describing them. She just went ahead and said, we're going to the hospital. So, When did you know that it was, I guess, when did you know how serious the, the frostbite actually was? Well, when I got to St. John's, because uh, we were living in Jackson at the time, and uh, we got into the hospital, and, and um, they started, as I suspected, just warming them up real slowly with some, some lukewarm water. And then they called, it was Sunday, Sunday morning, they called one of the surgeons uh, to come on over, Jeremiah Clinton, good guy. He, he came over and essentially brought a Sharpie with him, and he just drew a line about halfway around my right foot and along the base of my to the, all my toes and my left foot and pretty much said, you know, this is the freeze line that, on your feet, and this is, you know, we won't know for a while, but this is where we're probably going to end up cutting. So that was a little intimidating. That It started to kind of set in at that point that this this was going to be pretty serious. Did you make the decision that you wanted to fight to keep your feet, or was there pressure to have your, you know, at least part of your feet amputated? Well, what happened then is um, Dr. Clinton actually went out in the hallway, and uh, I, I saw him, I was, he was on a, uh, hopped on the computer, and uh, he, he was kind of was was somewhat aware of a experimental process down in Salt Lake at the University of Utah that uh, they were working on to try to uh, treat uh, severe frostbite. And so he kind of found out a little bit more about the protocol, made some phone calls, and uh, came back in and said, uh, look, here's the deal. Um, what time did this happen? And so we talked about what time, and he said, well, if we can get you to Salt Lake within 24 hours of when the freeze took place, uh, they're, they're doing this experimental process that uh, uh, may help, it may not, it probably won't hurt, but it, it, it may save, save some or, or all of your feet, it may not. So we just had to decide at that point, uh, are we going to uh, take a life flight down there or not? And it was a pretty easy call. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did, did uh, you know, thought about it for a minute and called my parents and let them know what was going on and, and, um, yeah, and just, uh, but it, it didn't take more than a few minutes of thinking that, you know, if there's a, if there's something that's going to help, I'll, I'll go for it. So I was going to say to maybe skip ahead a little bit, did you end up having any tissue cut off? No, um, I, I got really, really lucky with that. When I came into the University of Utah, they said there's no question that we're going to be amputating something. We just don't know how much yet. Because uh, that's with frostbite, that's how it works. It takes a long time to see what tissue survives and what doesn't. And I was in the, the uh, burn uh, ICU for about three weeks. And it was right before I was let out that I actually got all of the uh, blood flow back to uh, a couple of my toes. And uh, so it was a couple of weeks before that even that happened. So it was pretty miraculous, um, you know, and, and because of what they were doing that I was able to, to keep everything. I didn't lose uh, anything from my fingers or my toes. Uh, so that was, that was pretty cool. Describe your recovery at home. I heard something along the lines of you were bedridden for a while because I'm guessing you couldn't put really any weight on, on your feet. Right. Yeah. I was, you know, I, was, I had crutches and, and that sort of thing. But but even with that, it was really hard to get around for quite a while. 
we were assuming we were going to have to do a skin graft uh, to repair some of the damage to the feet. Uh, but you know, I lost all my fingernails too. I mean, my, my hands were bad, and one of my my left thumb was was we thought we were going to lose that for a while. But you know, overall, it just took a long time of just all that cleaning and rebandaging and and kind of hobbling around. So did a lot of working on my back with a laptop uh, for a while there, which you know I, was, I think I was still pretty productive, but I was also on heavy painkillers, so I'm not sure how uh, high quality the work was. So how long after your accident did you take your first run? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I didn't track it exactly, I guess. I I know my first cup of coffee was when I went down to, it would have been in May, uh, a buddy of mine was getting married down in Denver. Because caffeine uh, constricts your blood vessels and that blood flow is so necessary for uh, recovery, uh, I wasn't allowed to have coffee from the time of uh, the, the, the trip until May. So that was probably more painful than, actually, I, I, it's not probably, it was more painful than, than, than everything else. <laughs> that, the headaches just never went away. It was, it was, it was horrific. <laughs> that's, that's one of those things you don't expect to hear from a guy who almost had to have his skin graft and almost had to have his feet taken off, that the coffee was, the coffee was the bad part. I mean, the feet and the hands, they hurt like heck, don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, caffeine withdrawal and I just, we don't get along. We, we don't hang out. We're not going there ever again. But, yeah, so I, I started running. I was, I was running by then I, just a little bit. Probably it was sometime late April, early May, I, I think, when I started being able to just jog a little bit. And I'm guessing there was probably some question as to whether you were even going to be able to run again, right? I mean, what was, was there kind of like a, a question there that you were that you had to work through? A little bit. Um, it was something where we got to a point, I, I still had outpatient appointments I had to keep going down to Salt Lake for, and so we would talk about what I could and couldn't do. Uh, initially, w one of the big issues was that I've, the skin was really thin, as it would, it, once you've taken off skin so deep, it takes a long time to recover that. So uh, blisters were a really serious issue because if I got a blister on, on just a single layer of skin, uh, infections and everything else can become that much more serious but that was going to get better over time and it has and then the other thing has been just the amount of scar tissue in my feet uh, they don't function the way that that they normally like they don't flex the way uh, my feet used to so it's a lot my foot especially my right foot's a lot more rigid than than a normal foot would be and so that took some time to figure out yeah and i'm guessing there's a you know there's a difference between being able to run and being able to compete. I mean, that that for me is one of the the incredible parts of the story where, you know, when did you did you have a moment where you made a decision where you're just saying I'm not just going to run, I'm going to run, you know, 50 100 miles, you know, and and be competitive at it? I mean, how did that how did that thought process go? Yeah, you know, that kind of never left me. Um in a lot of ways, even even before I I I knew I was going to keep all of my toes and everything else. I was already thinking about uh, what what's it going to be like uh, is if I'm only able to run with half a foot. You know, is it uh, you know as I was laying in the hospital, I was thinking about well, should I should I have them cut it off somewhere else? It's more convenient. Um, you know, how do those things work? And so I thought a lot about that. But uh, you know, even when I was still, I remember when I was still in the hospital, I, I was. 
Uh, I had a bunch of races I'd signed up for that spring that I had to email the race directors and uh, explain that I, I wouldn't be there and, and uh, apologize for, for missing out. Then I was also starting to look at what was coming up. You know, I set some goals right away about what uh, what I wanted to tackle and started out with in November of that year there was a the US uh, uh, National Trail Championships uh, for the marathon were in uh, Ashland Oregon and so I said you know what I'm I want to I want to get ready for that and so I kind of started set, setting some goals for races like that to uh, see what I could get ready for and, and kind of get back into shape as fast as I could so do you still have pain from from the frostbite? I mean, does it still affect you on a on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, pretty much constant. Yeah. It's Really? Yeah. It's it's never it's gotten I don't know if it's gotten better or I've just adapted to it. But that's been the yeah, the the, the pain's there and it's probably always going to be there at this point. The nice thing is it's as it's as I've adapted and over time, as I've as I've been doing more, it's sort of plateaued. So, it doesn't get worse. Whereas it used to get a lot worse. Like I, I could only like I could run once and I have to take three days off or four days off before I could you know recover well enough to 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 run the next day. And so, it's just taken years to to break up the scar tissue enough and get my foot functional enough to be able to to run every day. You know, as someone who has dabbled in running and not run very far, I've totally thought of excuses where I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a little sick today. I'm a little, I have a little cold. I mean, is there something, you know, what is it that drives you beyond, you know, I think it's incredible when anyone runs 50 miles or 100 miles in a race. And, you know, as someone who has, you know, that ever-present pain, you know, what is what is it that takes you out to the trail or out to the road to run? I mean, what is it about running that you know makes you willing to to deal with all that for whatever reason i just really enjoy it and it's always just it's been a part of my life uh forever and it's just kind of what i do i guess uh i, I definitely have noticed that i feel healthier and i feel better if i get out every day uh, if, if i'm not exercising outside every day i get sick a lot more I, i've noticed that if i take a day off I don't usually feel better. I usually end up feeling worse, and uh, so, so that's just from a health perspective. I, I I really enjoy being able to get out and, and do that, and it's also just the the I, I love being outside and 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 experiencing uh, you know my environment and, and you know and so that's and then the other part is uh, you know living out here. I want to make sure that. You know, I'm fit enough and, and, and able to get to the beautiful places that I want to get to. You know, it's, it wouldn't be any fun to, to live in, in Teton Valley and, and not uh, not be able to, to transport myself up into the high country where, where I really want to be uh, when I can. And has it maybe kind of affected your view of, of you know, the things that you do? And I mean, because for me, like, uh, you know, just going for a mountain bike or going for a hike, you know, it's. I think it's cool, and I, I like the view. But has it made you like? I guess appreciate those more when when you have to, I guess, either suffer more or sacrifice more just on a on a regular basis to be able to reach those things. I mean, has it affected your sort of your perception of where you live? A little bit. You know, it's it's definitely been a great reminder of uh, you know how important uh, the, this place is to me, 
you know, this this area has been a huge part of my life in, in different ways for uh, you know, a long, long time. And, um, you know, it, I certainly appreciate it that much more, I think, just being able to, you know, understanding, you know, how easy it is to, to for all that to be able to, you know, just slip away. You know, I can go out and experience and, and enjoy uh, the mountains, but at the same time, um, that's how this happened. And, and so um, realizing how close you are to it sometimes to, to, to having, you know, some, some real challenges and difficulties ahead, I think, is, is important. And it's, it's reminded me not only to appreciate where I am, but also to, to be a little more cautious. I was going to say, has it affected how you, you know, have you, have you done any long cross-country skis since, uh, since the frostbite? I haven't haven't uh, uh, done any overnight since then. Uh, I've done some long, you know, uh, like a long Nordic race, like a 12-hour race, but that was in a pretty controlled environment, and there was, a, you know, warm places to be. Um, so I, I haven't done anything really long in the winter yet, but, um, you know, I'm working up my, my confidence a little bit, and um, I have warmer boots, <laughs> which is always a bonus. And... Um, you know, so I, I'm not going to rule it out in down the road, but that's I've definitely been much more cautious, especially in the winter, and uh, just you know being a little little uh, overprotective in some ways. But you know, I, there's, maybe it's just that I'm getting old too, that I'm a little <laughs> more risk averse than I used to be. But it's probably for the best. <laughs> You know, and I, I talked to, we kind of covered this a little bit, but I talked to a, a local sports psychologist, and she was saying that sometimes after an injury, it's almost like the uh, stages of grief, where it's like anger going into, like, acceptance. Did you experience that sort of range of emotion getting to where you are now? Absolutely. <laughs> Except I, I don't know that I, I ever had anger. Um, I think I skipped that one. And... I think a big part of that was, you know, I, even before this happened, I, I, I had been through enough different things out in the mountains and to realize that anger doesn't get you anywhere. I, I think I, I sort of uh, got rid of that part of my uh, personality uh, a number of years ago, uh, living up here. Uh, I spent a few summers just camping up in, in the wilderness here. and. Uh, you spend enough time in in the wilderness, you, you understand that that's there's really no place for that in that kind of a situation. It doesn't it doesn't do any good. Um, the mountains don't care if you're angry. So uh, that's something I've just kind of put away in a lot in a lot of respects. But and it also helps that uh, it, it was the most amazing ski trip I've ever been on. It was really really cool, and uh, you know it was a, a just a great friend that I was with. And uh, you know he he carried me through it really well, and he's you know remains just a just a, a fabulous friend, and you know so those memories aren't something that I don't think there's any room to be angry about because you know I, I was it was just spectacular. It was so much fun. Well, Chris, thank you very much for stopping by. I really appreciate it, and I uh, glad you're out running still, man. Hey, you know it's. Uh, what else am I going to do? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to Chris Lundberg for talking to me today. The music on today's episode comes from Brian Fox and was used under the Creative Commons license. I'm Scott Stunts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>